Hey everybody, Jordan here. Just a quick introduction to today's episode of Two Guys Watch a Movie. So, when we recorded this, we had mistakenly thought that we were recording episode 9, when in fact we were recording episode number 8. But by the time we realized this, it was too late. So, as a heads up, you're going to hear me call this episode 9 at the very beginning, and we then proceed to make some references to The Rise of Skywalker. But don't worry, it's going to be okay, everybody, because in the next episode, the real episode 9, we can just do exactly what J.J. Abrams did, we can retcon the entire thing, and pretend like that part of episode 8 never happened. It's going to be great, we swear. Anyway, please enjoy episode 8 of Two Guys Watch a Movie. Live from wherever they feel like it, it's Two Guys Watch a Movie! Who is your host? Two guys! Hey everybody, welcome to Two Guys Watch a Movie, episode number nine! The Rise, the Rise of, of Skywalker. Skywalker. Yes! <laughs> uh, this will not be, I mean, I hope it won't be as shitty. We'll just go back, episode. we'll retcon all of our previous opinions on movies. Yeah, there we go, there we go. <laughs> oh my goodness, hopefully this won't suck like The Rise of Skywalker did. Uh, thank you guys all for listening to this podcast of ours. I'm Jordan Ehrlich. I'm Tommy Quartz. And this is our podcast about movies and movie-related things. Tommy, how Jordan, you doing, man? I'm good. Oh, you know, I was going to ask you this in, in, uh, before we started, but it'll yeah. be fun to put on here. No, we have, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Does anybody listen to this? Do you have numbers on this? Oh, man. Um, some people, I think, listen on the SoundCloud. Uh, okay. I pull my sound, I pull, like, SoundCloud metrics. I know that my family listens to it, I think. I think right. they do. Um, and, and I think that Gabby's family listens to this show oh, okay. as well. I, well, I remember I got when I got my hair cut by Gabby this summer, one of her co-workers, too, said that she listened. Oh, I really? Like, oh, my gosh. That's kind of I, Oh, cool. Yeah, I think, I think some of her co-workers listen to this. I, I told my brother, my brother, um, we were talking movies, I think it was like a week or two ago, and... He asked me what I thought about Tenet, and I was like, you got to listen to this episode. And Here's so I an said, hour. <laughs> I got an hour and 15 minutes of us uh, getting really confused about Tenet, which was our, our last episode. Was uh, Yeah, well, yeah. I just asked, because sometimes I forget that it's not just our weekly meeting to discuss movies. It might as well. I mean, if that were the case, I would be totally okay with that. Like, yeah, we're just documenting it. Do this every week. Um, Happy New Year, by the way. First episode of the New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. yeah. You do anything? 2021. Yeah, great start. Great fucking start. My God. We had some good news tonight. Donald Trump officially banned on Twitter. Yes, as of today. We are recording this on Friday, December 8th. Um, yeah, as of a couple hours ago, Donald Trump does not have a Twitter account it's anymore. Nice. Yeah. About five you years You should see what late. he has to say about it on Twitter. Oh! Or is he going to go to that, like... What is it? He's already, uh, apparently it, he's already on Parler. Parler? Fuck. Yeah. What is, but, what is that? Like, I, well, I've, I've been hearing I've so heard much. I've heard a lot of, Parler. it's just, uh, they started it when, you know, when people were getting banned for hate speech like they should. Right. Uh, but it's like they're, you know, ooh, they're, uh, but it's just a bunch of crazies and uh, apparently too that they really track the hell out of you and they like mine your data really hard, way worse than Facebook even. Oh my god, that's, that's fucking so. Why yeah. would I don't know why anybody would like well, to join to, us? That's maybe the obvious. There and, yeah, I maybe wanted to go on there and troll, but then I heard that, and so. Nah, I I don't even know if I'd want to go on to troll. Uh, just ugh. It's yeah, but I mean, Parlor is where all the the crazy uh, capital terrorism was planned, basically. Right. Uh, there you go. Um, my God, though, what I mean. None of this is surprising. That's the shitty thing about all this is like none of this is surprising. Yeah. Like if you've been it, paying attention, it's yeah. It's this is the logical conclusion to all of this. Um, it sucks. Hopefully, hopefully that's the conclusion. Yeah, dear. Go oh my God, really? Well, he condemned the violence as, as of this recording. He condemned the violence mm. last night. Sorry, quote unquote, condemned the violence yeah. last night. Um, which means I'm betting like Pence said to him like. I'm Condemn this. this. Said to him, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna seriously <laughs> fucked here. Like, condemn this, or they're gonna 25th Amendment your ass. Yeah. So I'm betting that's not going to happen anymore. They're gonna try to impeach him, apparently, and I don't think it's. 
I'd be surprised if it went anywhere. I, uh, I would too, but next week the new senators get sworn in, but to get an impeachment through, you need 67. So. Yeah, that's a lot of... Uh, you're going to need some Republicans on board, and I think you've only got a couple right now. Um, right. Long shot, the longest of shots, but regardless, yeah. January 20th, President Joe Biden. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, Security there is going to be intense. <laughs> oh boy. It, I mean, as well as should be. Like It better... Need to make some improvements somewhere. Look at what the hell happened on on Wednesday, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that um, was a setup, though. It was intentionally denied. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. God. Well, anyway. Uh, wow, Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, today's episode we got a couple of movies. Um, talk about Wonder Woman, 1984 today, and we're gonna talk about Soul today. Mm-hmm. It's got a couple of movies here for you. So to kick things off today, why don't we dive on into the entertainment industry and see what's going on. The only thing I have that's going on that I just saw was that WandaVision uh, officially has a release date. Yes, it does. Oh, we already talked about this? I don't know if we talked about it, but... uh... January January 22nd? I thought it was the 15th. I think it's next Friday. Oh, shit. Yeah. I think it's the 15th. Wait, is it the 22nd? I think it's the 22nd. Oh. But, uh, let me see. This is the first. Yeah, no, 15th. You're right. You're totally right. Yes! Next week! Yay! Yes, yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. I saw on Disney Plus they released today. Um, I think they're called, like, Marvel Visions. Or, like, what was it? It's like a... Okay, really? It's essentially, like, a recap of where each character is um, oh, cool. before they get onto their Disney Plus show. I haven't actually oh. watched it, so I, but I'm assuming it's some sort of, like, what catch-up, like a Marvel, yeah. an MCU catch-up. Because uh, yeah. they only released two episodes today, one for Scarlet Witch and one for Vision. Oh, that um, makes sense. One for Vision's probably really depressing because it ends with his death. Um, or it does it, or is it? Like, is he dead? I don't know. He turned all gray, and he lost his stone. Yeah, but he's, uh, he's in this show. I don't know what's yeah, going well, on with him. Well, and they did say, like, when he was going to remove it, so it doesn't mean he's dead. Right, uh, they had been talking about, like, he was going to, like, they're trying to upload him to a computer or something, or his mind to a computer. Like, back yeah, him up, uh, basically. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, that's all I've got for what's going on. Yeah? <laughs> uh, not too much. What do I have? I mean, I was going to talk about box office stuff from last weekend, but that was a week ago, and by the time this episode comes out on Monday, there will be a new box office. And Sure. I guess because... Plus it's, plus it's all garbage these days. Pretty much. Well, the surprising thing, I mean, the thing about Wonder Woman uh, is that they did release it in some theaters. There are some areas of the country where theaters are open. And I think I think Wonder Woman grossed like 16 million opening weekend, huh. which is very it's very strange uh, considering our current climate. But that movie made a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Made some overseas. That was a 200 million dollar budget though. So. Well, yeah. It's got a ways to go. Um, I have some news if we want to talk about what's going on. Um, sure. I'm taking part in my first film festival. My first, I should say, my first big film, famous film festival. Yeah. Uh, One of the joys of, uh, you know, not a lot of joys to be found in this pandemic time. But one of those is that all of these film festivals have had to go uh, virtual because of Mm -hmm. uh, social distancing limits and just general unsafeness. So I got passes for a few movies for Sundance this year. Oh, word! That's so, awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about that though. Oh, um, cool. If I can't actually like be at a film festival, like I'll at least be able to watch it from the comfort of my apartment. Yeah, that's really cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's fun. I yeah. I watched one movie from a festival this summer. Ooh. Because I was in it. Oh, very uh, cool. I was in a movie called White People Money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember this one. Yeah, yeah. It was in the Roxbury Film Festival, and I think in, I think that's in North Carolina uh, this summer. So I ended up watching it. Very, oh, very cool. Congratulations. Yeah. 
Thanks. Always fun to see yourself up on like the screen, kind of like. Yeah, it's cooler in a movie theater, to be honest. It, yeah, <laughs> I've, that's happened a couple that of times. Yeah, that's happened a couple of times with me. I did the. Um, it was uh, not last summer, but the um, the summer before, and then the summer before that, I took part in forty uh, eight hour film festival. Oh yeah, yeah um, cool. and they hosted the um, they hosted the screenings over at the Music Box Theater. Nice. Uh, at the end of that, and that was really cool, just to see our work up on the on the big screen. Yeah. It was really fun. It's cool. You get a sense of accomplishment when yeah. that happens. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fun. Yeah, but yeah, I don't have too much here in the way of uh, what's going on there. Uh, really looking forward to Wandavision, though. Oh my god! Um, every uh, every new. Yeah trailer I see for that. Starved for Marvel content, too. Usually we get a few movies a year. Yeah! Is Far From Home the last MCU movie? Far From Home was the last one, yeah. Um, We were supposed to get two last year, and kind of the silver lining to not getting that, any of those movies last year, is that this year we are due to get four Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. We've got Black Widow coming out in May. Uh, I believe okay. Shang-Chi is coming out uh, in July. Cool. Uh, November, we're going to see the Eternals movie. Uh-huh. And December is the Spider-Man movie, the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, man, that, that could be good. I We got ourselves a healthier... Uh, so t- is, is Doctor Strange not coming out until next year? I guess Doctor Strange is coming out next year. Um, huh. And yeah, WandaVision is supposed to lead into that. And yeah, on top of all these movies, we're getting WandaVision, and then in March we're getting uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, word, yeah. It's nuts. It, we're getting so much content with this, and it's... I was reading, I guess, New York Times just interviewed Kevin Feige, and apparently, like, Phase 4, like, the pandemic has not hindered Phase 4 that much. Like, it's still very much on track to deliver. Obviously, it's been, you know, postponed by a year, sure. but... It's. It seems like they're still very much on track with their schedule right now. If things, you know, if things go well over the next several months in terms of you know anything with the pandemic, so. Well, let's hope. Yeah, keeping my fingers crossed. Um, because I am. Uh, I want to get back into a movie theater, man. My God. Um, mm-hmm. I miss it. Yeah. So, well, let me. Are we? Can we talk about Wonder Woman now. Let's dive into Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Um, well, I told, I told my wife, uh, that I really wanted to watch, <clears throat> really wanted to go to the movie theater. And so for Wonder Woman 84, uh, she set up, well, we set up together, but she, you know, it was her idea to get set up. We put a blanket fort up around the TV and we scooted the couch up close and blasted the speakers and we made popcorn and got too much soda and, uh, candy <laughs> uh, and, we and then before the movie started, we watched like three or four trailers. Oh, uh, that's so cool! And then because they always, it's always a couple more than you expect. We played like two or three more trailers. You got to play the like <laughs> the thing that like Regal Cinemas does. Like before they even start the trailer, hour. they show three like commercial commercials, and then they show a hi. I'm Russell Crowe. Welcome to Regal oh, yeah. Cinemas. We're going to show you this exclusive. 15 minute preview of a movie that's coming out yeah. this year. And then and then they show they have like uh, these two poor unfortunate college students who say, "Hi. <laughs> thanks for watching my film." And then it's a really bad ad for Coke. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Regal Cinemas. If you go to a Regal theater, it legitimately like no exaggeration. It takes you 30 minutes it, into yeah, a showtime before I, I started complaining uh before the pandemic. I started complaining about the... Because they had pushed it up to a half hour. For the last three movies I saw, I think Sonic the Hedgehog was the last one we saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely that one was of the... Regal. Yeah. That was one of the... That was a Regal, yeah. That was and Regal, was, yeah. I think... I timed it. I think it was 27 minutes or something like that. Oh, my God. Uh, and it's like, what the fuck, man? No. I, I'm stoned when I go into the theater, and by the time the movie starts, I'm barely even high anymore. Yeah, like... Let us enjoy our, our weed. And God knows, for Sonic the fucking Hedgehog, we <laughs> need some sake. weed. You, it's required. <laughs> My God. And it was marvelous. Um, yeah. It was oh good. Boy. Um, Especially after a little bit. Regal Cinemas, though, man, don't... Uh, y'all need to shorten your things, man. I don't want to wait 30 minutes before a movie for, for a movie to start. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That. Um, 
But you okay? But yeah. you had. It sounds like you and you and your wife, Aaron, had such a. Uh, you had a little theater experience. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was really nice. It was at, at least. Uh, it was good too because there's no other assholes. This the you know. Yeah. <laughs> really, the worst is. The worst I ever experienced. We went to go see that movie, uh, Don't Breathe, the horror movie. Oh, I've never seen it, but it looks so good. Well, it's all about like a blind guy, so it's like all about sound. And these teenage girls behind us just wouldn't stop like giggling and talking and screaming. Oh no! uh, Yeah, we eventually had to go get the staff. Oh man! Yeah, if it gets to be, it can get to be too much. I. Like, my brother and I, I remember going to go see, like, The um, Conjuring 2 with my brother. Yeah. And we kind of, we did that to, with, like, to a certain extent. It kind of, like, helps relieve tension. We're just kind of, like, whispering. To it. Not in, like, a noisy way or, like, yeah, giggling yeah. or anything or yelling, but just kind of, like, it's a way to ease the tension of the horror movie. And that sounds, I mean, For it sure. sounds like they're, it sounds like they're, these, uh, these two ladies Well, were, they were just fucking around and they were, like, on their phones. And oh, shit. no, yeah, no. It sounds like they're taking that to extremes. Like, yeah, no, fuck that. Um, just being. That's one thing I don't miss about the theater, uh, is that. Yeah, you gotta remember that. I do hate everybody. I've been really getting used to just not having to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I'm gonna remember pretty soon, like, oh yeah, fuck. Oh yeah, this was a thing. Oh my god. Um, All of them, there's there's a billion billion of them. But I'll tell you right now, man, the first time I go back to a Regal Theater, when I see that Russell Crowe introduction... I'm gonna I'm just start crying about how much. Oh, I'm, I can't wait! I can't wait to see the awful Coke ad. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cry about how much I missed it for about five seconds, and then like five seconds after that, it's gonna be like, oh yeah, this 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 sucks. Very long. <laughs> Shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> so Wonder Woman 1984. Um, what I were, liked it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fun to watch. I thought it was absolutely fun and completely stupid. Yeah. Uh, I I think it if you don't think about it too deep or too long. Yeah. It was great. Much agreed, <laughs> man. Was, um, I think I would have liked. Total, yeah. I mean, to me, it was just like a total '80s cartoon. Yeah. I I mean, to me, I think I would have liked it less if I'd seen this on the big screen. Like, if I'd like paid more money to go see this, I might. You think? I might have still enjoyed it, but, like, I think I would have felt... I, I mean, I, I think I would have liked it a little less if I'd seen it on the big... If I'd, like, paid to watch this movie. Huh, I, I wonder. I, see? I, yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. And also, I just have been pretty starved and deprived for, like, stupid, fun superhero movies. Yeah. Before. Yeah, it has that, like... I, I mean, the one that immediately comes to mind for in terms of, like, dumb superhero movies, Aquaman. Uh, which yeah, I, I, thought, I thought this was a lot better than Aquaman. I, yeah, oh my goodness. I think the thing even better... I hated Aquaman. I gotta tell you right now, um, the thing that... I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the show, but, like, when we went to go see Aquaman, uh, Gabby and I were with her family in in Florida, and up until this year, you know, what we've usually done is we'd go see a movie on Christmas Day, and we we went to go see Aquaman, and we had her 80-something grandparents... (laughs) <laughs> that were all they were also in town. They came to see the movie with us, and we went to go see this on a Dolby Cinema. Which, if you've never been to a Dolby Cinema, it's like an IMAX light. Blow your hair back. Yeah, it's like IMAX <laughs> light, and sure. it, it was more fun than the movie itself. Was her grandparents' reaction to this movie? It was just <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, just uh, they were so confused, like confused about what's going on. Because I mean, it's it's you know. It's a big, it is, loud superhero a, movie. Like I yeah, barely understood what's going on. It's dumb. I would say this one is not as dumb as that. Not <laughs> nearly. I, I, although, like with Pedro Pascal's performance in this, you could have fooled me. My God, he was channeling some like major Nicolas, oh, yeah. Nicolas Cage energy in this. It was amazing. He was having so much fun. Yes. And just like absolutely soaking this role up. Oh, man. And it was so... I mean, I, I live for it. It was awesome. And it was very much... In line with the aesthetic of '80s cartoon, you know, just yeah. like dumb but crazy, but like fun, and also they did a great job of like giving him a legit story. Yeah, you know. Um, spoiler. By the way, I'm assuming we're going into spoiler territory with sure, both yeah, of I think these we, movies. Could, yeah, now we're into spoilers. They've been out a while. Let's, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I liked the cheesy feeling of the '80s uh, there. 
I think that I, mall scene was great. I think I started as the movie starts kind of devolving more into this big like big things happen, blow shit up kind of atmosphere. Up until that point, it does maintain this very like kind of cheesy 80s atmosphere like and after a while i forgot this movie took place in the 80s i'll be yeah. honest like and i think obviously uh there's references of this movie to superman one and two uh, yeah oh yeah you can really tell and there's some like that that opening scene where she like stops the cab or something uh stops a truck or something oh yeah 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 I'm not opening I, scene after the opening scene. Oh yeah, 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 right. No, wait. The truck was this the one part in? Uh, was this the one in part in Egypt? No, no, no. Or... Right in the beginning, she like kicks a cab. Oh to, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And it's just like a quick little shot of her, and it's like that could be straight out of Superman 1970. Yeah, or 1980, it's, it's that like old fashioned idea of just idea of just like the superheroes going around and just helping people and just keeping it simple like that. I love that. Oh, I love it, too. I love it so much, and I love the fact that so much of this movie was based on their feelings and their emotions, and yeah. not, there weren't that many fight scenes, and I, I love it. It's some good, yeah, yeah. Um, the love story, so you got, so the I guess by going into the love story, you kind of got to go into the crux of the plot, into the plot a little bit here. Yeah. So, they find... They, she comes across this dream stone, and basically, I think it's something from the comics. And if you hold, I think you gotta hold it, and you, you wish, make a wish, and yeah. it'll come true, but it will cost you something. Yeah, of course. Like they don't know that both both Barbara and Diana don't know that when they wish for something. Barbara Minerva, who is uh, played by Kristen Wiig, who is so good in this movie. Pretty good. I really wanted her to be weirder. I wanted some more weird catch. All right. My first big critique of this um, is that I, I agree. And something I noticed here, there's a scene. So they meet and then later they go out to a restaurant for dinner and maybe drinks. I don't know what they're doing. And it literally opens with Diana's dialogue just being like something along the lines of, oh, my God, you're so funny. You are so witty. You're so like. Like, and you don't see any of that. And then later in the movie, when they're talking about what this dreamstone has cost Barbara, who later becomes Cheetah, um, what it costs Barbara, it's like, where is your humanity? Where is your wit? And I'm thinking, like, yeah, well, well, where was that to begin with? Like... Yeah, they did not do a good job of demonstrating her as... They had a... There was a lot of... I've seen a lot of people say, oh, I was only interested in Barbara, too, which I think is a weird take on this movie. (sighs) Um... She was good, but I thought they did a weird job setting up her character. Because I know they said she was like a zoologist something, but she was a crystal. I uh, What I thought was, oh, she's a geologist. She's got... She's like a... Spe- she's, she knows what the crystal is, right? Yeah, so, it sounds like she's like kind of like a jack-of-all-trades at the Smithsonian here, like... Okay, well then... I, I don't... <laughs> why a cheetah? <laughs> she's talking about... I think it's that idea of like a... Because she mentions this specifically, apex yeah, predator. apex predator. And, which, which okay, I guess is a cheetah. There's a lot of apex predators. Well, really, humans are actually, but <laughs> but they don't. They don't show like her. I mean, she's wearing the fur at one point, but like that's not enough of. A, they never show her interact with a big cat or have a fascination with big cats or anything like that. That would totally work. If she has like a yeah, it, like if she were super weird and cute and had like a stuffed animal like cheetah. Like, like a really cute looking yeah. plush kind of cheetah thing. Like even, yeah, even if she had some pet cats at home, did she? No, I don't. I don't think it was think so. anything related to cats. And I was like, wait, why is she? That's just because they had to shoehorn in a, a bad guy. Like I don't know what the deal. So strange. Feel that she came out yeah. and just was oh <laughs> galloping along like a cat. Oh my god! Like, what the fuck? I will say. It didn't feel like they shoehorned in the villain in this like they did, let's say, Venom in Spider-Man 3. Oh, well, certainly not that bad. When I liked the... I mean, I liked the fact that it was a friend of hers and there's an emotional connection there. What I didn't like was that there's not an emotional or at all connection, really, other than the wish thing, which we find out... I think the audience knows... Anyway, between Max and Diana... Uh, Max Lord, the bad yes. guy, and Diana. We, there's no real connection between them other than Diana's wish. If she renounces it, she loses her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's no real con- you know, connection between them. And I think the audience realizes it, at least I did before Diana, that 
you know, if she beats Max, she loses her boyfriend. Right. I think she, I mean, in the middle of the movie, I mean, she kind of, she, I think, or somewhere in between the middle and the end, like, she realizes that she had, which I, and I guess you can renounce your wish, which I watched this movie a couple of times since it premiered. There's a lot, there's way too many logical. There is like, I didn't even know you could renounce your wish until she renounced it. And it's like, wait, you can do that? Yeah, what I figured would happen was she had to kill the bad guy, which would make her lose her right. boyfriend, you know. And I like how they, ha- by the way, I like how they handled the uh, the boyfriend and the Steve Trevor, where it's like, where she wishes for it, and then, like, it's a dude who's, it's getting mixed reactions, I think, right now, but. I, I think it's pretty weird and unnecessary, especially if you can have your bad guy that can create nukes and can create a wall out of like nowhere. Like, you can't just create. you can't create a yeah. body for, he does he just needs to... They need one line of explanation, like, oh, I can't create organic matter. Yeah. Whatever it is, or something like that. Because, like, otherwise, it's like, you can create a hundred nuclear bombs. That dude, by the way... <laughs> and, and not that, and not one moderate... No, yeah, line. no, can't do, can't do one body. Um, and then that dude just, like, after she renounces her wish in the middle of the movie, like... That dude whose body Chris Pine has taken over just like what wakes up is just like where the what what the yeah. fuck's happened the last like what two days? They also they do it they do it in his body they use his body like to do yeah it. that's uh, yeah it's a little yeah why did they have to do this though it had nothing to do with the movie or the plot because like that wasn't the bad part of her wish the bad part of her wish was that she lost part of her powers which I yes. think was great. And again, that is, re- I think, probably referential to yeah. Superman 2 or It's a very Spider-Man classic, 2. like, superhero story trope of, like, the hero kind of giving something, giving up their powers for something. And I love that. Like... If I had a, if I had a rewrite, I would, first of all, I would get rid of the body. You can just jump straight. I mean, if you were this one dude who was acting the whole movie, but then you see the dude whose body he takes over, and then it, like, pans over to, like, yeah. it's Chris Pine the rest of the movie. Yeah, like, I'm guessing that's what Diana sees. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I gathered. But it is still, well, it's, it's a, I don't know why, though, that they had to do that. It, it does, yeah, I mean, I think about it, it, seems, it does seem like an unnecessary step. Well, especially when he can do so much else with the wish. So, anyway, but, uh, but my other, uh, thing is, I think it is a little weird for Diana to be, like, depressed 70 years later. Yeah, like, she's like still, still thinking about this dude. So, what I think just ha- should happen is that uh, she and Barbara should come across something from World War One that triggers her memory. Or, she has her last friend from World War One, or not, you know, a friend from World War One who was, like, you know, 40 in World War One and in the 80s is, like, dying. Right. And, like, ha- has a friend that dies... You know, one of her last friends from World War One, and that sort of triggers her to start thinking about Steve. Is that his name? Yeah, Steve Trevor. Yeah, <clears throat> Steve Rogers. Yep. And uh, <laughs> I mean, he basically is kind of pretty much. They're all all the Steves. I mean, it's like all the Chris's. You know, there's just yeah. so many Chris's <laughs> in the hero universes out there. Yeah, like, Steve's was just the you know. Yeah, that's a good. And then I would I would like to slow down Max Lord's. Uh, craziness, push it toward the end, and then really ha- push it back a little bit at the beginning of it. At least. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I gotta ask a question here, because wh- what is this dude's end game? Is it to become like? Because from the way I saw it, like this dude's trying to become an extreme version of Oprah, where he just like gives out wishes, be like, you get a wish, you get a wish, you get a wish, everybody gets a wish. Like, uh, like what is this guy's end game? I guess is. Is he getting off? Does it feel good? Does for it feel people? good for him? I guess, uh, like, does he oh, get off so. on helping people? Like, I I don't know. I had a hard time just like kind of understanding like what was in it for him. Other than I mean, I guess immense power. But I don't know. I, I mean, he goes pretty balls crazy on power. I guess that's quick. the thing. Like, okay, so this dude gets his hands on the Dreamstone. His wish is. To become the Dreamstone. Yeah, and he, yeah. like, knew that. It was like, he had that shit planned. Um, but yeah, he... 
I liked. I did like Pedro Pascal in this movie, though. Like, oh yeah, he, really fun. I mean, the logic of the wishes makes absolutely no sense. It's. Uh, I mean, other than like. But it's fun if you don't think about it. Like I said, this movie is great if you just sort of turn your brain off and say, "Sure, whatever." I that's happened. Yeah. Um. But this is a fun. But I mean, it's just it's a fun superhero movie, fun action movie. Like, and as you know, Gal Gadot. As always, you know, she was terrific in this. Like, yeah. She was yeah. wonderful in this. Um, Kristen Wiig was fun to watch. I wish they'd done more with the character, but I did like that, like, slow buildup of, like, her, tra- like, leading up to the transformation into Cheetah, which the transformation itself makes no goddamn sense, like, how it happens, but... All right, here's my third change. Third change. I wish that Diana had been tempted to bring Chris Pine back by the stone with the knowledge that she would lose her powers by doing so. And then she does so willingly without realizing that the stone is then going to get into the hands of Max Lord, which will cause all this world-ending destruction. So she's going to have this sort of... Do you remember in Spider-Man 2, the raindrops keep falling on my head scene? Yes. Oh, yeah. She can have one of these in-love... Not worrying about all this awful shit going on around the world because she's got her love, Chris Pine, with her. Oh, my God. Uh, at least for, you know, a little bit, uh, I think, before she has to say, no, I have to give you up and go save the world kind of thing. And she can have that raindrops are falling <laughs> on my head moment. You can have an, yeah. a classic 80s movie montage. Oh, it'd be so good. And yeah, when I loved that they did at least do the... Uh, the clothing montage on Christmas. That was fun. Time. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, that Some was of the eighties stuff, I mean, again, like I forgot this movie took place after a while I forgot this movie took place yeah. in the eighties, but parts of it didn't need to, but I feel like the themes take are, are very eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, especially given like everything with the Cold War. Yeah, and the greed stuff. Yeah. By the way, next question was the president in this movie, was that supposed to be Ronald Reagan? I don't think so. Like, it looked like him, but it didn't it, really, like... I don't think it was. I think it was a DC comics, because the president has been in Superman and Batman ones, right? Man of Steel and shit, right? Uh, I think it's been a while, but I don't... Maybe. I, I think he might be in one of those, but... And it's, like, just, you know, generic white guy, so I don't right. think that was supposed to be right. Okay. It's that idea, but yeah, it's those cold, cold war like fears and that paranoia during that era that come yeah. into play in there. I guess those themes kind of factor in, but yeah, I love the um, I love that mall. I love the mall fight scene. Oh um, my god, the mall fight scene was the best. I nearly, and I think, and it's that experience of what the experience of watching that, like where it does feel like an old fashioned superhero movie, and I, I teared up a little bit yeah. watching that yeah. scene. I think, and not really knowing why at the time, but now thinking about it, it's kind of like. I remember the first time I watched Superman, which was only, like, a few years ago. Like, the 1970s yeah. Super, Superman. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Like, I did tear Superman. up. At the first time you see Superman save Lois Lane from the top, on the top of that building. And he's oh, just like, yeah. are you okay, man? Like, I, like, got emotional watching that just because it was so, like... It's just old-fashioned and the good-hearted superhero. And, like... Yeah. It, there was some... And I think... Yeah, I, I mean, you can see the influence of that movie on... on Wonder Woman for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that's who. Uh, that's who Diana is. Like, she's got a good heart. She's got a great heart. Like. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, and I, I, I do too, man. It feels nice. It does not fit in the Zack Snyder universe, but it, it absolutely works. Yeah. In this separate part of the DCEU, <laughs> just it's just cordoned off. Yeah. Nice my, feelings. God, they've got so many universes they're creating right now. Holy shit. Well. Yeah, I mean, the DCEU is so weird because the genres, it feels like it goes from, like, this aggressively dark, you know, <laughs> gritty real to, like, to this fun 80s schlocky stuff. And, I mean, it's fine that they can do that, and I appreciate it, actually, maybe more than the MCU because the MCU sort of re- constricted to, you know. Right. Although they say Multiverse of Madness is going to be horror. I'm excited to see what that what they mean by that. They're starting to... Yeah, I feel, it does feel like Marvel's starting to kind of branch out into maybe other genres there. I feel like there was like another yeah. one that was going to be... People sort of different thing. often called the Winter Soldier a very spy movie. Like, yeah, very like, 70, like 70s like paranoia thriller. Yeah, 
I didn't really it, get that as much. It's, you know, su- subtle. I get a little I bit guess, of sense but... of those themes, but in terms of, like, the feel of, let's say, all the president's men, like, I, I did not... Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, like, this... I mean, there's certain, too, like, the way, though, like, that Wonder Woman 1984 was, like, physically shot is more 80s. And yeah. I think a lot of people don't like that. Uh, I think that's... A lot of the bad reviews seem to, like, not acknowledge that it's supposed to look like it's from the 80s. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, 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 I think like, it does a great job of capturing that aesthetic, generally, like, the that yeah. 1980s feeling. Um, I loved the... Um, the opening of this movie was fun too. On um, on her uh, yeah. in her home world, which whose name I always forget, Themyscira, I think is how you pronounce it. Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was always fun to see um, Robin Wright in these uh, in this movies. I loved her in the first one. She's amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, it was really fun to see her come back. Also, that opening theme. Hans Zimmer did the the um, the music to this movie, and I love. The rest of the music of the movie is like, okay, sure, this is fine. But that opening theme that plays at the beginning of the movie yeah. and then again during the credits, I, I'm i obsessed with that. I love that score. Yeah. Um, I agree. And we we blasted the music for this. And I feel like that made me feel like I was in a movie theater. It's, again. oh, nice. It's, yeah. yeah, it's so good. It's very, like, it's it's got that epic feel that it really needed in that particular, yeah. uh, in that particular scene in the opening. Um Oh, uh, and also, what did you? Uh, what are your thoughts on the um, that um, mid credits scene that we have there? Remind me what happens. I kind of forgot. Uh, so during the movie, um, Diana talks to Steve about that golden armor that she has. Um, I, she was looking yeah. for some sort of. I think she was a member of Wonder Woman's uh, clan over on uh, her island. Yeah, and uh, their name was Asteria. And Wonder Woman, over right. the years, I guess, had sought her. She was trying to find her on Earth. She knew she was on Earth, but she was never able to find her. But she did find her armor, which is the armor right. that she was wearing during that final battle at the end with Cheetah. Which, I think, a little disappointing. I think we can all agree. It was like, wait, I thought this armor held up to armies of men. And then... And here's Cheetah just ripping here's it Here's Kristen Wiig scratching at it and tearing it apart. Yeah, I thought that was a fun fight. Uh, all it was a fun fight. Outside of the wing thing, I thought that was a fun fight scene. Yeah, I agree. Like especially like swinging on the wires oh, at the yeah. end there. It was like, great. Well, it was... That was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> but she, so she has that armor, and she was never able to find this this uh, this woman from her island called Asteria. So in the mid credits scene, um, right. you see in some sort of village somewhere in the world, a pole falls, and this mystery woman uh, saves a bunch of people. And you find out her name is Asteria. Uh, the big thing there is that she is played by Linda Carter. Oh, right. From yeah, the uh, a, old yeah. Wonder Woman TV series. Right, right. So she might... And they have confirmed that they are making a third Wonder Woman movie. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, Gal Gadot is coming back. Patty Jenkins is returning to direct. Um, also, bravo to Patty Jenkins, man. Fuck yeah. These right, movies. direct and produce this one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, um, yeah. I think Gal Gadot produced this one, too. She's getting that producer's money now. But, yeah. Um, so I'm assuming in the third one they're going to bring Linda Carter in there, which is going to make these movies, like, ten times more meta. Um, yeah, right. It'll be fun, though. Yeah. I think that's about all I had yeah. for this. Fun movie, fun movie, though. Fun movie. Totally stupid. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> fun watch. Uh, solid, solid B, I think. Solid B minus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll give it a B, actually. No, I mean, whatever you want. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, I'll give it a B, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, the other new uh, notable release over the last couple of weeks was Soul. Oh, my God. Which, uh, oh, boy. Yeah, it, uh, it, took me, it took me by surprise. It is a beautiful movie. I was surprised at how deep that movie was. Like... Yeah. And it was interesting they, like, killed a guy pretty quick. And then I was pretty like, oh, much. yeah. Up kills, the, up kills someone pretty quick. And Finding Nemo kills the mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they I mean, like to do this, you know? Pixar's never been very shy about, I think, killing off their characters. I mean, in one movie, yeah. a character literally gets chopped up by a jet engine. Um, what is that movie? The Incredible In The Incredibles. 
Oh right. Yeah. Syndrome at the end of yeah, the end of the movie is Kate gets Kate gets yeah. caught in the jet engine and yeah. But this is kind of the first time they've ever really like full on addressed the subject of like death and or life yeah. before life. Like it's sort of yeah, to me it felt like the same sort of explainer as inside out. You know, like here's how your brain works, here's how death works. Uh, yeah. And I actually Compared to Inside Out, I'm I much prefer that. I mean, you know, Inside Out is good, but I feel like it's just sort of not. It's a little too simplified or something. But, but this, I I feel like, I, you know, I buy this. It works. It's. It yeah, like it. Uh, it's hard to put it's it. It's cute. Like it's believable. I mean, believable. You know, I don't. <laughs> you got yeah. I don't believe that stuff necessarily, but it's like it. This is you know it's it's open enough to everybody that it feels like. I don't know. It's nice somehow. Yeah, it's like it's like comforting. It's the thing where like so by the end of this movie like the message of the movie is like don't turn your like I mean have your passions, have your like hobbies but don't let your spark dictate your life and where your life your and your don't let it dictate your life's purpose. Yeah. It's like really like live your, it's, it's this bold statement about like living your life and yeah. really living in it. And Pixar has got this, like, I, they have all these different movies that have kind of said like, you know, you're like, life doesn't always happen according to plan and that's okay. Yeah. So like a lot of Pixar movies start off with like, here's a world that seems perfect. Oh, but because of the paradigm of this world, there's actually a, a series of a problem. You know, it's not as perfect as it seems. Uh, and a lot of Pixar movies do that, but this one does not. Uh, <laughs> or in the way it does is is like real life. You know, your life is perfect, but then death. Uh, yeah. It's it's really fascinating. I and it's it took me by complete surprise because I really didn't. I read like the little synopsis, but not very closely, and then. Not synopsis, but little tagline or whatever. Right, yeah. And then I just got into the story, and I was like, wait, he, what, he, he died? He's dead, yeah, ten minutes into this movie, he's, well, I guess in a coma, I think he's, but he's on, like, life support. Yeah, yeah. Um, this guy, yeah, so it's this guy who, uh, Joe, who is a, I think, middle school band teacher who wants to be a jazz, full-time jazz musician. He finally gets his opportunity, and then he, he died, he falls into a sewer hole, and I guess he basically, like, dies or comes close to death like and finds himself in the place through a series of mishaps could talk about that opening scene you want to talk about wishing that we could see certain movies on a big screen right now that opening scene where he goes into the soul world and then he like yeah leaves the escalator and like kind of rides that cosmic looking thing into the like into the soul world um, yeah. That animation, like it, it's amazing. It wild. It's amazing. Yeah, when they had a lot of, you can tell it was just super like free. I feel like you know because like you know there's no reference. You're not trying to make it look like anything. So it was just sort of this artistic interpretation, yeah. you know. And I just love it too. And I love the little squiggly line people. Those. It's funny. I watched that movie the first time. I watched that. Gary and Terry. I, I, it felt like. Those little squiggly people were straight out of... It felt like they were straight out of a Taika Waititi movie. Yeah. And then I checked the cast list at the end, and the is woman he, that does the voice of Terry is, was is literally he, yeah. out of a Taika Waititi movie. She's yeah, uh, right. the Grandmaster's right-hand woman in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, and she's also uh, in uh, Hunt for the Wilder People oh, and some okay. other stuff. Oh, she's like a... Taika Waititi must love her, then. Yeah, they do a bunch. I think they, there's another one, too. I think there's a third movie that I haven't seen. Okay, yeah, she's literally out of a Taika Waititi. And it felt like very... Yeah. Like, the humor there felt very British, very, like... Oh, it was, it was, and I loved it. She was hilarious. Yeah, oh my God. Ter- Terry. Terry. Terry, and then yep. Jerry, Best and character. Jerry, and yeah. Jerry. And, and all of them back and forth, and just, like, being so nice to each other and polite and shit. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was fun. It's... Another thing that impresses... It, me is the use of there so there's this running gag um kind of in the first half of the movie where 
So, uh, Joe finds himself in the soul world. He poses as a soul mentor and is paired with Soul 22, who is, um, who is, they've tried over and over to, so it's the idea that, like, souls are prepped and then the souls are sent into the world to be born. So, but 22 has just never been properly prepped, I guess is how you explain it, so... Yeah, it's uh, if it sounds like I'm getting as like jumbled about this as I was Tenet. It last on the last episode. It's kind of like it, this movie is very like hard to kind of like explain in certain moments. Like yeah, it is. It is a little hard to pin down. I was actually trying to think about the plot today, and I was like, oh wow, it's it's kind of like I mean, on. when you watch it, I mean, unlike Tenet, like when you watch this movie, it all makes sense. But yeah, it, yeah, it's just very hard to like kind of yeah. Yeah. Also, you already mentioned it, but the animation, not only of just like the Soul World animation, but the the real world animation. Oh my god. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, it's, yeah. without characters in there, you can't tell it's not real life. I mean, it is incredible. It's insane how they do the city of New York in this. It's funny because you think back to Toy Story where they... Um, they could barely design humans, so the the only human they really designed was Andy. Yeah. And they used the Andy figure to uh, design a bunch of the other humans in that. So you see a bunch of kids walking around at the beginning of the original Toy Story yeah. with Andy's face. Oh, they really? didn't even fully. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you look at them closely, <laughs> like they always shoot them from a distance. Yeah. But like it's like That's hilarious. Andy was the that. only kid. They, and they didn't even like really design the mother in uh, Toy yeah, Story. Yeah, just the legs, right? Huh? Yeah. Just the waist and legs, yeah. Cause, yeah, yeah, but um, it's amazing how far they've come uh, yeah. since then. Uh, yeah. And the the world of New York, I mean, it looks amazing. Tell you, I, I got I mean, I, I was slightly torn a little bit on this movie just because um, the idea. First of all, the movie looks incredible. It's brilliantly animated. The story is incredibly well written, and like mm-hmm. it has something extremely profound to say about life and living your life you got a lot of um people right now in the um in the black community who are not happy with this movie because you've got your first african-american lead in a uh, pixar movie interesting that's and they, they he 10 minutes into the movie he it. loses he becomes a soul and then midway in the oh, middle of the movie, he becomes a cat. Over. Yeah. And then you've got Tina Fey essentially voicing a black man for yeah a lot of the movie. That is true. Yeah. Well, but he's still. It's still you know, him, but I mean, at the same time, I get. No, I see like, it. No, I I understand. I actually thought about that when when I was watching it too. I didn't think so much about the um the first time I was watching it. I didn't think so much about him becoming a soul like like yeah. after only such little time in the movie. I think just because the previews kind of prepped me for that, so I knew kind of knew like what to expect. There. Is it really only ten but, minutes in? Hmm. Is it really only ten minutes into the movie? It felt like longer. Maybe like ten or twelve. Like it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty quick. I think. Um, he get, he becomes a soul a lot sooner than I thought he would. Like yeah. he he dies before the opening credits roll. Um, yeah. yeah. The thing that, but as when I saw like he was the voice of the cat. In there, and then Tina Fey was yeah, and maybe it's the controversy surrounding Tina Fey and the whole Thirty Rock blackface thing. But the, that that kind of took me back a little bit, though. Was like, oh my god, like he's a cat and she and she is a she is a black man, like yeah, you know, I I noticed that too. It, I suppose it's a little problematic, but yeah, yeah I think I get the idea of what they're trying to do with Twenty Two's character arc. And I think there would have been... Yeah. I think the one change I would have made about this movie was... I think Tina Fey does a fine job in this. But I would have cast maybe... Uh, something I've seen going around, I agree with this. I, I maybe would have cast a black woman as 22. I, I've seen the name Issa Rae thrown around a lot. Who is she? Have you ever watched the show uh, Insecure on HBO? Never uh, She it. created that, I think. And then she... I mean, she stars in it. And she... Um, she was, she was in this movie, Issa Rae was in this movie with Kamal and Johnny last year called The Lovebirds. Uh, it's on Netflix. It was oh. really good. It's very funny. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Tina Fey was the best choice uh, for this character. I Yeah, I, I wouldn't have... 
she wouldn't have been my first choice. Maybe it's that Amy, because Amy Poehler did Inside Out, and I, actually Amy Poehler is included, and if you watch the credits, she's included in the special thanks. Uh, there, which oh, okay. is interesting. Um, maybe it's that connection that got her in there. I don't know. Um, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it by any no, means. But, no, but I do see what you mean. I think it. It didn't seem very like a Tina Fey character. Yeah. No. To I, I mean, mean, I appreciate her like terms, I, branching know, out, not being typecast. But like you know, typically Tina Fey characters are like. You know, Liz Lemon. Spin-offs. Right, which well, she's basically <laughs> playing Tina Fey. Right, um, so like, you know, and I mean. I mean, it wouldn't have been my first choice. Um, yeah, agree. put it. I would have put Isaray in that role. Uh, I think she would have crushed it. it that, I think that character type is like right up her alley. Um, I dig it. Great, other, I mean, otherwise great voice cast in this movie. Jamie Foxx, just absolutely yeah. crushing it in this. Um Felicia, yeah, Rash- Felicia Rashad is in this, uh, who I think plays Joe's mom. Angela Bassett. Oh, yeah? Is uh, Dorothea Williams. Right, right, yeah. And then um, Curly, the, the guy who gets Joe this gig, his former student. That's, uh, that's Questlove. Oh, yeah? Okay, cool. Y- yeah. Um, solid cast, though, otherwise. Yeah. Because i got to throw the Pixar fun facts in there. Um, John Ratzenberger uh, is not in this movie uh, or I should say his voice is not in this movie, but there is a character in the movie who, when I watched the second time I saw him, um, is there's a character, there's a character you see him pass by who is modeled after John Ratzenberger. Ah, uh, okay. Is he um, in every Pixar movie, I take it? John Ratzenberger is in every Pixar movie, okay. uh, otherwise. He's the voice of Ham in Toy Story. Um, uh, okay. He's the abominable snowman. He's the underminer. He, he's in, you okay, know I mean, awesome. it's, a, it's Cliff, Cliff. Uh, yeah, from yeah. Uh, from Cheers, um, one yeah. one fun fact I heard about uh, about Soul is that at the beginning when they're like Soul number hundred and eight billion nine hundred you know yada 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 uh, yeah that's the actual estimate for the number of people that have lived. No shit, really. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! So that's the thing that like Pixar does this, man. It's so clever. Yeah, like they throw this little shit in there. Yeah, they, they love the details. It's so... Yeah, oh my god. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, I guarantee if you watch it three or four more times, you're going to find Buzz Lightyear in the background. You'll somewhere. notice things in there. So another fun fact about this. So there's a scene where 22 takes Joe to kind of her home uh, on the way over to the... Um, what do you call that area? Like the, the place where the zone is. Um, I forget what the name of it is. See, I, I have tr- so much trouble just, like, remembering little zones. details. The zones. Let's name the zones. Yeah. Anyway, there's that moment where she takes Joe into her home, and you see all of the name tags of her previous mentors, like, posted on the wall, almost as if they're, like, trophies. Uh, okay. And there are, uh, there are a lot of famous names on there, uh, including, but not limited to... Uh, Prince, uh, uh-huh. Michael Jackson was on the wall, was a mentor. Is it say Prince or is it just the unpronounceable song? Oh, I don't know. I just read on the uh, IMDb trivia that Prince is one of, okay. was one of her mentors. Uh, Michael Jackson was, and then um, there was a Pixar animator named Joe Ranft, who unfortunately passed away, I believe shortly before Cars oh. came out, but okay. he was uh, he was a very prominent animator there at Pixar. He was also the voice of, uh, I don't know if you remember Heimlich the Caterpillar from A Bug's Life. Sure. Uh, oh, you look like little ants down there. What a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> um, but he was the voice of Heimlich. Um, oh. and he unfortunately passed away shortly, just before Cars came out. Um, oh. But his name is thrown on the wall there as one of her mentors as a cute. tribute to That's him. Cute. I thought that was really nice. Also, something that really surprised me before I watched this movie, I learned that... Um, you know, John Baptiste, uh, who's uh, Stephen Colbert's yeah. band leader, oh, yeah. does him. all the jazz compositions for this, and actually, oh, oh that's cool. Yeah, and every time you hear, actually, every time you see Joe playing uh, the piano, oh, that's John Baptiste. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! I had no idea. Oh, I love John Baptiste. John Baptiste, uh, <clears throat> something he does that I love is he does a bunch of uh, Zelda songs. Really? Yeah. Like Zelda the video game, it. Zelda? Uh huh. Yeah, which has a lot of music in it. Um, Ocarina of Time in particular, uh, but he he like on sometimes 
Not anymore, because they don't, obviously, pandemic. But, like, right. when Colbert was live uh, in front of an audience, uh, like, sometimes they do, like, an outro to commercial, and he'd be playing a Zelda song. It'd be like... Oh, that's... <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love that. But so, something that else that surprised me about this was... I was looking at, like, the crew for this movie before I watched it, and Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did the score for this movie, and I I didn't know how that that was going to work, but holy fucking shit did this work. Like... Yeah, it really, really did. And then a funny thing, too, I saw another little detail. Uh, There's the hardware store in the background that it has a special on Nine Inch Nails. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, That's great. Ugh. It's so good. He'll they'll they'll get nom. I I gotta feel they'll get nominated for an Oscar for that score. Yeah. It's so good. Um, it's exactly what you want out of them for a Pixar movie. Um, I think that's about everything I've got on this. Yeah, I give uh, I give Soul an A. Yeah, solid. I'm gonna go with an A minus. I mean, as it is, I gotta give it an. I'll give it an A minus. Um, I like that. I f- it I is a that. glaring. Um, I mean the combination this issue that with um you know with the black protagonist being placed in another body if it were just this movie it'd be one thing yeah but this has kind of been an ongoing like this is, there's been a little bit of a pattern with this like the most glaring one is um Princess and the Frog um I mean that's why I'm so torn on this movie um because by it, this should be Pixar's masterpiece and I know you just you probably disagree with me when I say this I think Inside Out is Pixar's masterpiece from good. a writing from a writing point. I think Finding Nemo is, is my favorite. There's about I mean there's about they have so many masterpieces. Yeah. Um, well, I used to be really so I, I mean, when I was a kid too. Toy Story was like the fucking shit. <laughs> Finding Nemo for me, man. I'll tell you right now. I was 13, I think, when that came out, and I was at a point in my life where I was like, I don't want to go see animated movies. This is a kid's shit. And Finding Nemo, I was. <laughs> I was maybe one step above. I wasn't necessarily dragged yeah, to yeah. Finding Nemo, but I was kind of like, "All right, I'll go with you guys yeah. to go see it." That was the movie that taught me that like animation is does not always have to be just for kids. Yeah. Um, and I think Pixar really went into almost too far with making this movie so accessible to adults. Yeah. Like, kind of feels like adults would enjoy this one more than kids. Almost like kids it will still enjoy this movie. Pretty deep into the like existential death life. Stuff pretty quick yeah like yeah just like it, what is life it's heady it, yeah it's a heavy movie this is a heavy movie um yeah. it, it did surprise me in that regard um it's an incredible uh accomplishment uh this movie and it's too bad that this didn't go to theaters it's too bad none of these movies went to theaters but yeah well fuck i mean you know what are you gonna do that's all i've got to say about soul that's all i've got too <laughs> I did get this this Jordan for Christmas, and I had to show you that now I have Ooh, a baby Grogu of my own. Very nice, very nice. It's not as it's not as nice as yours, but it is. That's cute. still very nice. It's a great little Grogu right there. It's a great, oh, it's a great pre- baby. Grogu. It's a great bobblehead to have. I I think. <laughs> did I tell you I got um one of my uh, one of my holiday gifts this year was um, Grogu pajamas. Oh, I got a nice. I got a shirt with the child on it, and then I got pajama I love it. a matching pair of pajama pants that had Grogu all over it, all over them. I love it. It's great. Yeah. I, I got to be honest; it's pretty difficult for me as a thirty-two-year-old man to not buy a Mandalorian helmet. Ah, uh, man! I just saw that. What's the name of that company that does these? Like Has Hasbro does those. They do Hasbro does that. There's this. Is that the? Are they the ones who do like? The Black Series. The Black Series, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's Hasbro's yes. Black Series. So, for example, yeah. I have a I have a Hasbro Black Series uh, Ooh. lightsaber here. That is a blue lightsaber of excellent quality right there. They just did one for the uh, the Darksaber, I think. Yeah, they did. It was declared the most dangerous toy of this holiday season. Dear God, what is that thing, like 200 bucks, I think, I saw? Yeah, I think it was... More than that, but it's insane. Yeah. Two fifty, maybe. My God. Um, I think it was. I think it was maybe more than that. Let's check. Just holy real quick. shit. Yeah, do it. Do it. I think I thought it was three hundred, maybe, but yeah, two fifteen or two fifty. Oh man. We're gonna go into a segment now. This is a brand new segment called 
I want to play a game. Uh, how this works is we, we play a game. So, Tommy, do you want to play a game? Oh, Jordan. Shall we play a game? So, because this is the first episode of the podcast in the new year, I thought it'd be fun to theme this particular segment after the Gary Marshall travesty, New Year's Eve. Uh, which, if you've uh, so, if you've never seen the movie New Year's Eve, it's I have not, and actually neither have I. But I've heard nothing but horrible things about this movie from everybody who's seen okay, it. Yeah. So sure. this is part of this like subgenre of romantic comedies. It's like an anthology, like a rom com anthology along the lines of like Love Actually, and there have been a bunch of these. Yeah. Uh, mostly because of Gary, may Gary Marshall rest in peace, man. Pretty Woman is classic. I love The Princess Diaries, but. His last few movies. He had Valentine's Day. He did this movie, New Year's Eve, and Mother's Day. Uh, it, it, they weren't so great. Uh, no. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe a scenario, potential a potential segment from this movie. And you need to tell me whether it is real, if it is actually a part of the movie New Year's Eve, or if I made it up. Uh, I'm going to start <laughs> okay. with a really easy one. Um a dying man wishes to see the Times Square ball drop one last time. That's that's real. It is very real. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So so these are like Love Actually type movies where it's like a bunch of plot lines that sort of all vaguely connect? Yes. Yeah, okay. these all seem to connect. Um, okay. All right, my next one. The mayor of New York struggles through a crowded Times Square to get to his wife for their New Year's kiss. Uh, that's, that's true. It is not. I made that up. <laughs> Sorry to say I made that up. Um, all right, next segment. Two couples compete for a $25,000 bonus to have the first child born in the new year. Uh, yes. That is a real segment. Correct. All right. Um, the new vice president of the Times Square Alliance must fix the giant ball before the drop at midnight. No, I don't think that's true. I'm sorry, that was real. <laughs> no, the Times Square Alliance. All right, I got just a few more. A <laughs> Times Allies with. It's a thing. I swear to God, it's a thing. And this is—I'm going off of Wikipedia for all of this. Okay. So, just a few more. A TV news reporter interviewing people on the street finds himself drawn to one of the Times Square costumed characters. That's no, that's not. It true. is not. You are right. That is not true. All right. Um. Okay, uh, let's see. A delivery man helps a woman complete a series of New Year's resolutions before the end of the year. Uh, that sounds reasonable. It sure. is very reasonable. Yeah, it's very reasonable. That is right. Um, and my last one here. Is this made up or real? Santa Claus has been stuck in New York since Christmas Eve and must rely on an atheist butcher to get back to the North Pole. No. It was real. What? <laughs> no, it wasn't real. Not real. Okay. Not real. Okay, okay. I would watch that movie, though. It sounds good. I mean... <laughs> I would watch uh, it. That movie, so, I've never seen it, but it all sounds it all sounds so bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but I love this segment. I think we should do more of this. I think each of us should watch a bad movie uh, that neither the other one hasn't seen and then quiz each other on the plot. I love it. I love it. It's uh, It's perfect. Uh, okay, and actually leads into another a, another idea I had for a segment called um, I Dare You to Watch This Movie. Um, oh, great. For great, which great. I may or may not have written a theme already. Oh, does it go like this? I double dog dare you. I triple dog dare you. I double dare you. Do it. Do it. Let the games begin. Whoa. Yes, it does. Um... So if you wanted to dare me to watch a movie, like, now would be the I'll time. I'll have to think about it, I guess. Okay, well, actually, I've got one for you. Uh, give me a second. Yeah, yeah. I dare you to watch uh, A Boyfriend for Christmas from 2004. A it Boyfriend be... for Christmas. The worst, the worst Hallmark Christmas movie ever made. Oh, boy. Um, I'll it's tell you what I'm going to do, Tommy. I'm going to watch yeah. this movie... And report back on our next episode. Okay, great. Do you want to dare me to watch something? Oh man, um, I, th- I really. I, I might have to. I might have to watch a boyfriend. I haven't seen a boyfriend. For oh, you haven't. Years, so okay. Well, I dare you to watch that then. We can discuss. 
and we will okay. discuss will. this on our next episode. This is gonna be great. great. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I think that's all right. I think that's about everything I've got. So, uh, what about you? I'm good. Good episode. Good. Better than Rise of Better Skywalker. Better than Rise of Skywalker, man. That. I don't know. It's debatable. It's our podcast. Better than Rise of Skywalker. You Budget you can be the judge lower. of that if you'd like, because this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. If you want to tell us whether or not we're better than the Rise of Skywalker, um, you can rate review. If you want to subscribe, that's cool. But if you think we're worse than The Rise of Skywalker, you probably won't want to subscribe. Still subscribe out of anger. No, do it out of but anger. anger leads to hate and bad cloning. Ah, uh, well. I don't know. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> much much like Rise of Skywalker. Um, guys, thank that's you right. so much for listening to uh, Two Guys Watch a Movie. I'm Jordan Ehrlich. I'm Tommy Quartz. Thank you, guys. We'll see you soon. Take care. We love you. Yeah.